And we're back. We're back again. Back, Episode back, back again. 11, 1, 1. Uh, we're back with, we've had Coke, we've had dinner, we've had ice cream sandwiches. Only one ice cream sandwich as of right now, but we'll yes. probably consume more later. After this episode. Yeah. Um, That's the plan. Yeah. I'm or I'm Sav. And I'm B. I almost said I was B. <laughs> oh. That would have been a, that would have been an identity crisis right there. I know. And I'm we're just and we're chilling. Yeah. We're back. I feel like I'm so awkward doing these beginnings. Like I That's don't even okay. know like. That's why I tried to take what I'm doing. this time. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're not saying that I'm awkward. No. I'm just saying I took I am awkward time. though. <laughs> Um, I'm awkward and anxious and desperate look for love. All those, all those friends, all my like friends' fans. It's a song. It's a friends quote from the show Friends. Oh, I don't watch Friends. Why? I just never thought it was funny. <gasps> Sacrilegious. I know. I'm not a basic that... white girl. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I'm kidding, I'm With kidding, my I'm pumpkin spice kidding, cold brew, actually pumpkin kidding, cream cold brew. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and you're also going to be the basic white girl by going to Dunkin' and getting you a pumpkin donut, a pumpkin cream cold brew. Pumpkin cream cold brew. Well. <laughs> um, I don't know we where we were talking get about. We did Frosty Chinos, which was We did, and that was a, that's upsetting. But we did get ice cream, and that was okay. But, you know, we'll probably be recording again this weekend, so we could always just arrange for us Sunday. to have cherry cokes and Frosty Chinos. We'll you're going to be in Bowling Green on Sunday. <gasps> You're going to be getting your vehicle on Sunday. Oh. I but, I mean, after that, I guess we could. We're not going to be recording on Sunday. Sundays are our We're going to have, we'll, we'll record when you get back if you want to. I like to come over on Sundays. Well, then, you can come over on Sunday. Like, you can drive your car here in an inaugural journey. And we can take an inaugural journey to Wendy's to get Frosted Peanuts and Cherry Cokes. We'll have a frosty chino in one hand and a cherry coconut. Yep, hand. and then everyone's gonna look at us weird, but we don't care because we're just gonna be and enjoying you're just the caffeine. Hear us yep, the entire time we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about? Uh, we're in episode or part two of the Smiley Face Killers deep dive. Woo! We're talking about Robert. Lee Yates. Junior. Dun, dun, dun. Junior. I feel like that should be our thing every single time. Dun, dun, dun. I did like a different. Mm-hmm. Or like the Jaws. Octave. There's an affidavit in here in the Murderpedia. I have to look things up on Murderpedia. I don't want to see a PDF manual. I want to see this affidavit thing that they talk <laughs> Anyways, about. Anyways, so let's get into Oh, this. wow. They actually have the real affidavit that was filed in 2000. <gasps> That's so fascinating. I'm not reading all that. I'm not either. I'm just looking. He was born May 27th, 1952. He grew up in Oak Harbor, Washington. He he attended Seventh-day Adventist Church. He was a Seventh-day Adventist? Weird. In 1945, so before he was born, his grandmother murdered his grandfather via axe. Awesome! I know. And then he grew up to be a murderer. So, like, grandmother, like... The apple did not fall too far from the tree. No. From the demented tree. Yates graduated Oak Harbor High School in 1970. In 1975, he got a job as a correctional officer, if I could say that word, at the Washington State Penitentiary. You know what's funny? Is that he's on death row at Washington State Penitentiary. I know, I know, I know. The same place that he worked. He's on death row. 
Ronnie is that same person? That mm-hmm. if that's not karma, I don't know what is. In 1977, he enlisted in the military. Mm. He became okay. certified to fly airplanes and helicopters. Ooh, a pilot. Gates was stationed in Germany, Somalia, and Haiti. Oh, wow. After his time in the Army, he served three years with the National Guard as a helicopter pilot, and in total, he served 21.5 years in the Army. Now, interesting to note, he has four daughters and one son. Ew. And the first... Well, not ew to the kid, ew to him reproducing. The first Smiley Face Killer we talked about, go check that episode out if you haven't heard it, he had two daughters and one son. That's weird. So the common denominator here is more daughters and then one son. Huh. I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> so we're going to get into the murders really quickly because I couldn't find a lot on his... Oh, I found a lot. Um, childhood. Um, there's actually a chronological thing here. I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm scrolling up to see if I can't find a little bit more about his childhood. His friends and family called him Bobby. He was married from 72 to 74 with Shirley Nylander. And they got married again in that same year. What is it always with these killers that they always seem to like get divorced and married in the same year? With Linda Ruer. Uh, said the blah, 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 blah. Huh. I'm just kind of looking and seeing where we can find information about his childhood because i definitely want to know he served two decades as a helicopter pilot in the u.s army i didn't hear the two decades part i wasn't really i wasn't paying attention to that part i I said 21.5 years well i guess two decades it just looks different i don't know i'm going to continue on and if you find something interesting you share it with the class he was a chief warrant officer for the highest rank a warrant officer could attain in the army. Yeah, he has some Goodness too, but... gracious. So wow. Yates murdered between 1975 and 1998 in Spokane, Washington. All victims were sex workers whom he solicited for, you guessed it, sex work. Each were killed by a gunshot wound to the head, and his weapon of choice was a Raven 25 caliber handgun. Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. So, first victims, Susan Savage, and this information I got from Murderpedia, by the way. Shout out to Murderpedia. Yes, shout out to you. Susan Savage, 22, Patrick Oliver, 21, were the first to be killed by Robert Yates. Ow, that hurt. In 1975, the couple were picnicking on Mill Creek near Walla Walla when Yates found them while he was practicing his target shooting. Patrick Oliver was shot three times in the head and then shot Susan twice in the head. Hmm. That's a lot to kill to shoot someone in the head three times. Yeah, that's a little bit of overkill. What makes me wonder is he was a decorated army veteran. Why would you go and kill people? Yeah, didn't he kill enough in the military? Well, he may. You know, he was a pilot. I mean, it doesn't say that's he actually true. like killed anybody. We don't know that. I'm sure he did kill people. Maybe not via the military, but I mean, he was a murderer. Anyways. 
Gates buried the bodies under a pile of brush where they were found days later. It took 25 years before the families of those two people would find out that they were the first victims of Yates. <clears throat> and they crazy. only figured that out when um, he confessed to killing them. Or like he confirmed that it was him. I saw something about his penis and I really did not want to read that. I'm just sitting here scrolling. Gross. 23-year-old Stacy Elizabeth Hahn from Seattle was the first known prostitute to be killed by Yates. Around July 7th, 1988. Victoria's raising her hand and interjecting. Uh, I found some things about his childhood. Okay. Okay. So... Robert Yates Jr. led a relatively ordinary and unremarkable life that was characterized by exemplary military service. His mother died in high while well, he was still in high school. And according to Murderpedia, records show that he was allegedly repeatedly sexually abused by an older neighbor boy when he was approximately six years old. It isn't clear whether he received psychiatric help or counseling. I would say probably not. Yeah, he and then he talks about his that that could definitely I mean, just because you're sexually assaulted does not give you the license to be, like, a killer. License to kill 007? Well, he wasn't 007. Um, um, well, and it said that the task force detective discovered that there was a period of a year from, like, 97 to 98 where that he was grounded and not allowed to fly pending the processing of medical evaluations. Many of the prostitutes were murdered in this time frame between 97 and 98. Which could have, they speculate that that could have been a trigger to reignite his murderous impulses, but it was never really proven. I just wonder, like, because he was characterized as a true professional, he was proficient in his job, he was brave, you know, he, he was, he was, a, he scouted hostile territory, often drawing in enemy fire when he served in Somalia. So he, like, was a really good dude, like, in the military. I just don't understand, like, how you can go from that to killing people. I'm trying to see if he ever talks about, like, why. Why he did it. Okay. Anyways, Stacy Elizabeth Hahn, first known prostitute to be killed by Yates, around July 7, 1988. Her skeletal remains were found five months later in Skagit, Skagit, I don't know, Skagit County outside of Mount Vernon. Stacy had been shot once in the head. Initially, Hahn was listed as a possible victim of the Green River Killer. However, Yates finally admitted to her murder and was able to pinpoint the location she was found as well as her injuries. His confession was part of a plea bargain so he could avoid the death penalty. Jennifer Joseph, age 16, was found August 26, 1997. Her body was found in an advanced state of decomposition in a small secluded spot at the corner of Forker and Judkins Roads on the Peon Prairie. She had been killed by a close-range gunshot wound to the chest. <clears throat> DNA was able to be extracted from semen swabs and were undeniably matched to Yates. There is a gnat in here. I know, I was noticing that earlier and it was really annoying. A sleeve button found in the white Corvette formerly owned by Yates was matched to the shirt worn by Joseph at the time of her death. The analysis of blood smears found in the Corvette produced a match with the DNA profile generated through samples from Joseph's parents. The decomposed body of 29-year-old prostitute Darla Sue Scott was found on November 5, 1997, 
by a man walking his dog off of Hangman Valley Road. Two plastic bags that had been covering her head were also found in the shallow grave. The cause of death was two gunshot wounds to the head. Mm. DNA found on Darla's body was matched to Yates. <clears throat> on December 7, 1997, the body of 24-year-old Melinda Mercer, was, who was 24, was found on South 50th Street in Tacoma. She had four plastic bags covering her head, and she had been shot three times. Once again, overkill. It's a lot of overkill. It seems like he has a lot of anger. Lots of rage. Maybe it's PTSD. It could be, but you can not have PTSD. Excuse. You can you can have PTSD and not go and like savagely murder like how sixteen, eighteen proof. people. Same here. I mean, like it's just, just why? I'm trying to figure out why. Like I'm just looking and trying to find out. And I've got something that I want to, I want to read. Oh, wow, he's crying in that one. The body of Sean L. Johnson, age 36, was found on December 18, 1997. Her decomposing remains were found off of Hangman Valley Road. I already read this, did I not? No, I did not. With two plastic bags covering her head. The cause of death was two gunshot wounds to the head. Semen samples taken from her body matched to Yates. <sighs> we're not even anywhere near close to being done with the victims. There's, there's a lot. There's quite a few. 31-year-old Laurel Wayson's body was found on December 26, 1997 in a gravel pit near the Hangman Valley Road. Her head was covered with three plastic bags, and she had died from two gunshot wounds to the head. Foreign vegetation, vegetation I cannot read now. And peanut shells. Peanut shells? Packing styrofoam and... That's random. And chips of broken concrete were found covering her body. That matched debris found in Yates' backyard. Semen found in her body also matched Yates. What time are we at? We are at 14 minutes now. Oh, we're making good time. We're making extremely good time. So far, I've got things that I want to read after, but it, it doesn't have to do anything right now, but I found a couple articles to read from. Okay. Sean McGlinahan. 39, was also found December 26, 1997, next to the body of Laura Wason. Three plastic bags covered her head. Okay, the plastic bags are getting on my nerves. You're killing the environment here. Yeah, that, and it's like, why cover the plastic bags? Like, it seemed like he was trying to strangle them, but the, t the cause of death was two gunshots. Is it wound. remorse? Maybe he doesn't want to see their face? That's what it seems to me of, like, reading some of the stuff on Murder P and a couple other but things. He said he felt remorse. He said he felt remorse for what he why did. Why continue to kill? Obviously, you're not too remorseful. Well, serial killers, they feel a need. I don't know where that need comes from. It's like an addiction, almost. Mm. But I just don't understand how you can go from being this decorated war veteran and, like, drawing enemy fire in Somalia, winning all these medals, or just earning these medals, really, to killing multiple people. Like 11 women, I think. I think it was... Actually, it's 13. It and says 16 to 18, 16 to 18 victims. So one of them was the attempted, and then well, one was, was like the one that got away. He I was think. only convicted with 13. I think, yeah, only 13. Yeah. So that's where I was coming from. But it just okay. doesn't make any sense. Three plastic bags covered. He didn't even really try. And oh. her cause of death. Do you think he wanted to be caught? No, I don't think he would have killed his man. I think he would have made it more obvious. Well, the semen mount matched it, and they had DNA in this he time period. Just not care. I don't think he really cared. I think he wanted to be caught. I don't think he could stop himself. Because it seems like, because he really didn't try. He felt there was the semen, 
in all of these that we've seen, or most of we've seen so far, and fingerprints and stuff like that. He didn't even try. Like, I mean, the only, like, he barely, like, hit the body, really, when you think about it. I don't know if he was really trying that hard. I think he wanted to be caught. DNA evidence from semen was matched to Yates as well as a fingerprint on one of the plastic bags. Foreign matter covering her body was also found in Yates' backyards. The semen matched to Yates, I think I already said that. Yeah, again, it, it, if, you, if you really wanted to be that careful and I wanted to be caught, you would have used a condom. Like, you would have done that. And are we, is he doing this, like, pre-mortem, perimortem, or post-mortem? I don't know. I it doesn't say. say. None of this says. <clears throat> Sunny G. Oster, I think. Aged 40, age 41. These are also was old. found on February 8, 1998. Her remains were found in a wooden area in western Spokane County. And her head was covered with three plastic bags and... She has two gunshot wounds to the skull. He has a very clear modus operandi, which means he's an organized killer. Like, a disorganized killer would have, like, different things going on. He's very organized here. He's doing the exact same thing every single time. But what's up with the plastic bags? I don't it's understand. He, it says in an, he says in an interview that he does feel remorse. I'm going to read a quote um, in, the, in a couple articles. That he said that he was remorseful for it, but he doesn't really give a reason as to why he did what he did. But the thing is, like, he started off with a 16-year-old. And then he just gets older and older. 29, 24, 36, 31, 39, 41. And then just keeps going on. The oldest was 47. That's very odd. Like, they're all women, but they're all, like, varying ages. And he said most of them were white, demographically, and one was Asian. And I don't remember. I think one of the attempted ones may have been another person of color. I'm not, like... I'm not 100% sure about that. But that's just odd that he doesn't really... He has, like, this very specific MO when he's killing. But his victim profile is completely different, like, with the different ages and stuff. Semen on Yates' body... Or, oh my gosh, I can't read. The semen found on her body matched Yates, is what I was trying to say. 34-year-old Linda Maybin's decomposed body was found April 1st, 1998. Her shallow grave was only 50 yards from the site of Wayson and McGlinahan's gravesite. Two plastic bags covered the victim's head. Her cause of death was a gunshot wound. And the semen on her body matched Yates' DNA. They found vegetation and um, non-indigenous plant trimmings. That matched Yates' backyard. Why is he covering their bodies with, like, grass and weeds and stuff from his own yard? I don't know. Again, that makes stupid. me think, like, he wants to get caught. But it could be... He seems like he's a very intelligent guy. He would know how to cover up a crime. But he's not really trying be, to cover it up. I don't think that's specific to just his backyard. I'm sure the grass is from anybody's. Well, yeah, but I mean, why would you put non-indigenous plant? Why wouldn't you use the plant trimmings like around the area that you're in? Why would you go somewhere else and bring it to the crime scene? That must mean that he left it and came back or had it with him in a bag, which is super weird. Not the first time he's done that either. But this was only one gunshot wound. Why only one? Why was only two plastic bags, not three and some of the other ones? I don't understand this. Oh, we only have four more murders to go. That's just a lot of murder we got going on here. <clears throat> this is just weird. Michelin 
Sterning was found July 7, 1998. She was 47 years old. She was found under a bath cover by a transient, tra yeah, transient in an area frequented by prostitutes in Spokane's East Central neighborhood. Is that Skid Row? It's their version of Skid Row. Cause of death is a gunshot wound to the head. Unlike all the other victims, she was seen alive a week before her body was discovered. The others were found weeks or sometimes months after they hmm. disappeared. Durning was not raped and was murdered where she was found. Huh. Which is he's, like, he's like spiraling at this point. He's completely going off from his mouth. Oh, yeah. And found under a hot tub cover. That's weird. Connie Ellis, 35, was found October 13, 1998 in a ditch near the 700 block, 1700 block of 108th Street, south in Tacoma. That was a mouthful. Her decomposed body was found with three plastic bags covering her head, and she had suffered one gunshot wound to the head. At this point, it seems like he's proficient in what he's doing. One gunshot wound, very strategically placed, and the three plastic bags. Melody Murfin, 43, disappeared in 1998 and was always regularly included in the Spokane serial killer victim list. I'm guessing that's what they called him. Yeah, Spokane serial killer, yeah. Her body was found October 18, 2000, buried in the side yard under the bedroom window of Yates' home. He buried her in her bedroom window, or outside his bedroom window while his wife was asleep. That is very strange. He didn't bury very many other people in his backyard, did he? No, I don't think he buried anyone else. That's just strange. Like, why would you do that? Why was so special about Melody? I don't know. Although authorities thoroughly searched the yard after his arrest, they found Murphy's body after Yates provided them with a location of her body. And this and is the only one he buried, really, right? Yep. That's very odd. He seems like it took more time with this one. So now we're on to Kristen Smith. She was 32 and was robbed and assaulted by a man in his van on August 1st, 1998. Smith was grazed by the gunshot to the head to her head, but managed to escape and report the attack to the police. Smith had agreed to perform oral sex for $40 in the back of Yates' van in a secluded parking lot in Spokane. According to Smith, Yates was driving a black van with a bed and mattress in the back. Smith asked Yates if he was the psycho killer that had been killing prostitutes at the time. Yates responded, by saying he was not the killer, but he had five kids and would not do that. Oh, because he had five kids and would not do that. After several minutes when Smith had failed at arousing Yates with oral sex, Yates shot her in the head. Smith had thought she had only been hit in the head and not shot, mm. nearly causing her to lose consciousness. However, Smith struggled to stay awake and keep her wits about her as she fell backwards. Luckily, the bullet had only scraped the side of her face. Smith did not know she had been shot until an x-ray showed fragments in her face and skull. Mm -hmm. She contacted the police again April 18th after recognizing Yates as her attacker from his mugshot published in the Spokane or the Spokesman Review. Police found blood stains and a 25 caliber bullet casing and a bullet encrusted in the roof of a van similar to the one described by Smith that was once owned by Yates. The fragments of bullets were, were later removed from her head for ballistic comparison to other bullets from Yates' victims. So, September 19th, 1988, so this was after Kristen, 
Gates was asked for a DNA sample, but refused because it was a, an extreme thing to ask a family man. Hmm. An extreme thing. That's just weird. I don't know. I don't know why I type all that up twice. No, I mean, you may have just... read what... Yeah, I'm going to read some of the stuff that happened um, after he was convicted. Oh, I still have that. I was just going to let you read what you... Oh, well, I was going to read one of the victim statements and then a couple of different articles while during his sentencing or after. Um, After after he was sentenced, Melody Murphy's daughter, Anne, made a a victim statement to um, Robert Yates. Quote, my name is Anne, and I'm also the daughter of Melody Murphin, and I would like to say, I would just like to say that everybody says this is a closure, and this is what's going to make us feel better in the end. However, my mother made bad choices, but that never made her a bad person. Yates makes bad choices, and that makes him a terrible person. And the plea bargain, I'm grateful that I know that my mother is never coming back to me. As soon as she doesn't get to be a part of me, I don't think you should be able to be a, get to be a part of of any part of your family how could you do that to us how could you take my mother and bury her in your yard and your family walks around my mother for two and a half years you stole her soul and i don't think you ever deserved to ever see daylight ever see your family you must be tormented in prison for the rest of your life tortured you're a sick monster and you'll be judged that's all i have to say and before like his sentence was carried like before he was sentenced he claimed that he felt remorse for the crimes that he committed but you know he said the following immense like People booing him and hissing at him. I've taken away, quote, I've taken away the love, the compassion, the tenderness of your loved ones, and left in that place grief and bitterness. In my struggle to overcome my guilt and shame, I've turned to God. I hope that God will replace your sorrow with peace. I don't believe that. No, I don't believe um, that for him. There was... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to read this part. Okay, that's the... Oh... Um, in 2013, this is this is pretty random, but Yates' attorneys filed, I, I'm getting this from SerialGillyInfos.com, quote, in 2013, Yates' attorneys filed a habeas corpus, which basically means to produce a body petition uh, in a federal court district, saying that Yates is mentally ill and he cannot be responsible for the crimes he committed. The same year, that was even more complicated by Jay Inslee, Washington governor, who said that no death warrants will ever be signed while he is in office. But in 2015, they rejected another effort to made by Yates to overturn his death sentence, because they kept trying to overturn it. But the real thing I wanted to read you guys is that this this article I found from Harold Nett. Uh, Yates' wife visits him and asks why. The wife of serial killer Robert L. Yates Jr. says she asked him during a jailhouse visit why he killed at least 13 people. I said, do you know why you killed these women, Linda Yates recalled, in an interview that aired Friday night on NBC's television's Dateline program. I want to know why, like anybody else, Linda Yates said she asked her husband, how could you have done this and still be married to me? Her husband grew up in Oak Harbor and is still under investigation for deaths there had no answer. It was Linda Yates' first interview since the arrest of her husband spoken, spoke, spoke, I can't talk today, in morning, the morning of April 18th. She and the couple's children were roused from their home without notice, law enforcement officers who had come to search the house for evidence. With nothing but the clothes in their back, the Yates family went into hiding. The couple has four daughters and one son. How could you not see the signs, Linda Yates said, according to a transcript of the interview supplied by Dateline. But, see, you're so close to someone, you don't see him. But in retrospect... In retrospect, she said there were some clues, especially when he said he was going hunting and he was dressed up nice and had cologne on, she told Dateline. You don't go out hunting with cologne on. Linda Yates also said she confronted her husband when she found evidence that he that indicated he was having extramarital affairs. He always had answers to everything, she said, always already prepared in his mind, I think. 
Yates confessed to the killings in October as part of a deal to escape the death penalty. The plea bargain included another bombshell for his wife. Her husband revealed that for two years the body of one of his victims had been buried in their yard just outside their bedroom window. They, in parentheses, the police called me at work and said they had found a body in your yard, and I said, oh my god, I turned ice cold, Linda Yates said. She said her husband was moody. He was a real, he was a very moody person, she said. He could one minute be really easygoing and go into a room and come out and be a totally, a totally whole different person. Yates was sentenced last month in Spokane to 408 years in prison for 13 murders, 10 women in Spokane since 1996, a woman in Skagit County in 1998, and a couple near Walla Walla in 1975, and one attempted murder. The victims in Spokane and Skagit County have been involved in drugs or prostitution. Island County Sheriff Mike Hawley last month said he, his, he's investigating Yates in connection with two more unsolved homicides and a missing person. Among the slang is the death of 19-year-old Teresa Hesselgrave, whose body was found in a wooded area near Woodby General Hospital in 1977. Yates once worked at the hospital and might have known Hesselgrave. While also under investigation, the deaths of Darren Wade Gerke, 23-95, and the disappearance of Linda Fisher Moran, 27, in December 1976. In addition, Snohomish County Sheriff's detectives are probing a Yates connection to the unsolved murders of a young British Columbia couple whose bodies were found in 1987 near Highbridge, south of Monroe. Yates, 48, still faces two aggravated first-degree murder charges and a possible death penalty in the deaths of two women in Pierce County. Yates is an Army veteran and National Guard helicopter pilot who served tours in Germany and several U.S. bases. Law enforcement officers in many of those places are studying unsolved crimes to see if Yates might be involved. Linda Yates, who is from Walla Walla, married Robert Yates in 1976. The loss of their main breadwinner has been a financial hardship for the family, she said. Robert and Linda Gates jointly filed a personal bankruptcy petition in late October. The couple filed under Chapter 7 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code, which allows individuals to keep certain belongings while selling up other property to repay creditors. The petition states that Yates and his wife have assets of more than 136000 and liabilities totaling, totaling 475000 One of the creditors listed is Christine L. Smith, a woman who survived a 1990 attack and in July filed a lawsuit against Yates. Yates pleaded guilty to attempted first-degree murder on that attack. The bankruptcy petition lists a two-story home on Spokane South Hill as the family's biggest asset. The house has been assessed at $113,000. That was written in November 18th, 2000. I just thought that was very interesting. It kind of filled in a couple of blanks about his um his life. And that, that woman that escaped, the one that got away, was one of his creditors. Isn't that strange? Mm -hmm. It seems like it was a combination of like money problems and probably his mental health probably has something to do with this. But again, just because you have mental health and money problems does not give you permission to go and murder people. Do you have more? No, you basically really don't. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Did That's I steal your thunder? No, it's fine. I wanted to contribute. Did I contribute too much? I'm sorry. I feel bad. I just thought that article was really interesting. It is. But yeah, he was... He's on death row, though. Those couple of homicides, like this, that article was written November 18th of 2000, and then he was had put on death row for one of those. I don't remember which one. I don't remember either. But he's current. I think he's currently still living. He's kind of an ugly son of a bitch. They all are. Huh. I wonder if he's still if he's he still, still alive. alive. That's just that's just crazy to me. Cause how old would he be? He was born in 1952. Mm-hmm. How old will that make him now? What's the look? 20? I say 2021 minus 1952. He is 69. He's 69 and still. And the thing is. People in the 50s can still be alive. Yes. 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 He's only 69. I mean, he's old, but not, not, not old enough. He needs to just die. But I guess the problem is, is that they, I don't know if they can really issue 
or execute him because there may be a moratorium on the death penalty for that state at the moment. Yeah. Since the governor said that in 2013 and 2015 that he wasn't going to sign anything while he was in office, but I don't know if that governor is still in office now. But Robert Lee Yates Jr., you're a piece of shit. Yes. Just because you may have issues does not give you the license to murder not at all. people. And that doesn't give you, even if they were dealing with drugs and prostitution, still does not give you a right to kill them. People are people. And if you are you are in sex work, you are still a valid human being that does what you make a living. There is no judgment for me or anybody else on this podcast for anything anybody does. And if you know, if you need help, you go to someone that you trust. That's all I gotta say about that. Because I am just that makes me very angry. Especially when like people look at this and they're like, oh, well, they were just prostitutes. They were just in sex work. That's, that's just so, that's just so insulting because there's a lot of legitimate people that work in sex work and make a killing. And I applaud those people that can do that. I couldn't do that. I applaud the people that do that. I feel like there's no shame in doing what, what you want to do to make, to make whatever money. Like we all got to make a way in this world. And you know, there's no judgment on my part or for really anybody. And Everybody is a person. Everybody deserves the chance to live. And they don't deserve to be treated like absolute shit by other people. And to be murdered. Because I feel like people at work, their sex workers get a bad rap. They're preyed on. They're preyed on because people think that they're disposable. But just know, you're not disposable. You're not. There are people that care about you in this world. You matter. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you're going, what you're doing right now. You still matter. That's all I want to say about that. I have caught my joke stuck in my head. <laughs> That's random. <laughs> well, you said where you, something about where you come from. Where did you, <laughs> you come from? Cut now, Joe. Mm-hmm. My probably my southern accent is going to come out really bad. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been cut now, Joe. Well, we made it through the end of that yuckiness. Not only 30 I felt bad. I feel bad that I stole your thunder. I just wanted to, you, like, I didn't know, like, if you want me to, if, what you had, but you just told me to read, and I did. And no, it's not, I feel really, really bad. I feel like you're mad at me. Are you I'm mad? Not okay. I have to check my anxiety, so I have to check. I just want to contribute. contribute. Well, and we'll have a part three because Sav has to do some more research on the third yeah, sm- Sav part of this. Yeah, hasn't done anything for part three, so part three is gonna come. Not. Are we gonna discuss one. like how there is there every? Because he's called the Spokane, Spokane serial killer. Spokane. Spokane. I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay, Spokane. Spokane. Spock, like Star Trek. That's where Destiny lived. Oh, My really? My sister, Spokane. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew she lived up that way, but yeah. I didn't know she lived, like, specifically in Spock. Spokane. Spokane, okay. So, is there a connection between, like, him and the other guy we talked about? The actual happy face killer? I have no idea. I didn't find one. Well, you said these were like the smiley face killers. I don't know. I couldn't find why he was. He was just listed as one? Yeah, he was just listed in Wikipedia as one of the smiley face killers. That's very strange. So what's the third episode going to be about? The smiley face killer theory. So you got to find information on the theory? Yes. Well, I mean, both of them killed like a significant amount of victims, but only one of them like had the smiley face thing. Well, I guess... Both born in the 50s. Yeah, they both had a similar family situation. They both yeah. killed similar people. Yep. And 
the other guy, was he killing sex workers as well? He did kill some, yes. But I think his victim profile was a little bit more varied. Like, but but so was Robert Lee Yates. He's just a piece of shit garbage human being. Both of them are. Yep. Both of them deserve to die. But that's just me. But that's all for now. We'll come up with a part three eventually. Like it may be in a couple, like a week or two, whenever we get a new one out. Uh, but we may have like a couple between then, like little murder bites, or you know, murder snacks, murder brunches. I don't, I don't really know. But we'll get to it. We've got some exciting things coming. Go to the Patreon page and vote for our next deep dive topic. We need your opinions on things. Check us out on Instagram, Patreon, website, Gmail, all things wicked and vile at gmail.com. Patreon, all things wicked and vile. And website, Instagram, Instagram, all things. Do the things that you people know how to do on the internet because, you know, I only know how to do certain things on the internet. I don't even know how to do everything. But that's it, everybody. Thanks for sticking around on this garbage human being ride. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back. Peace out, bros. You gonna say peace out? Peace out, bros. Okay. Thank you.